Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. It's your host, Chelsea Reif, and today I am doing a mini episode all about exposure therapy and how I use that to embody my archetypes for 2023. Now, if you're tuning in and you're like, what the hell is an archetype? Definitely go back to my other episodes where I talk about archetype embodiment and includes cognition. It's basically like a video game character or a persona that you want to take on. So something like the wild woman or the creative genius or the magician. A lot of times you see this in tarot card decks, oracle decks, where it's like the fool, the high priestess, the king, the queen, etc. So again, check out my other longer episode where I get way more into this. But today I want to expand on the concept and give you more ideas and ways to help you identify as the person that you want to be. Do you know when the new year rolls around and everyone's like, I want to find a word of the year? I really like that because it kind of gives you just one word to focus on. And I like to pick more of an umbrella term that can help me encompass all the things I want to work on or all the type of identities I want to embody. So one thing that I really took note of in 2022 was my health. I live a digital nomad lifestyle, which just means I'm constantly moving and on the go. I don't have a permanent home address. All my mail or anything that needs to get shipped to the United States goes to my parents' house, but I don't have a lease. I don't have a car payment. I don't have anything tied to my name in the U.S. So because of that, I'm constantly traveling. And the constant travel means constantly changing environments, changing friend groups, changing cultures, language, currencies, so on and so forth. While I love my lifestyle, all that can get really overwhelming really quickly. I went on a trip last summer where I went to four different countries in four months. And within those four months, I was also bopping around to different cities on weekends. So I was kind of just always on the go living out of my suitcase, which caused me to get really sick a few times because I was adjusting again to different time zones. And that also means different cultures. So for example, in Spain, they eat way later. Like they literally eat dinner at like 1130 p.m. Whereas some places close the restaurants at 10 p.m. and the kitchen closes at 9. So constantly adjusting to like eating times and sleeping times and socializing, my body was just completely out of whack. And I got tonsillitis I think two times in a row. And then as soon as I landed in Cape Town, about probably six weeks later, I got it again. So whenever I get tonsillitis, I always know it's because I push myself way too far. Like I am not sleeping well. I'm not eating well. I'm not working out. I'm not taking care of myself at all. And it's usually because I'm pushing myself to go out and just push my body beyond its social limits. So I'll go out later, I'll drink more, I'll just, again, push my body to the absolute extent. And then it's like, well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, I'm sick again. So when I was thinking of my word of 2023, I was like, well, what was the biggest hindrance? Like what held you back from what you really wanted to do in 2022? And that was getting sick. Whenever I got sick, I had to stop recording podcasts. I had to cancel client meetings. I had to cancel opportunities. I actually remember there was this really fun podcast I was going to be on and I had to reschedule last minute. And they're like, hey, I'm so sorry, but like we rented the studio space. So I don't think we're going to be able to regroup on this until early 2023. And it was like such a sucker punch to me because it felt like this opportunity was taken from me because of my health. And I had to really work on like understanding that what's meant for me will not pass me. But I also couldn't help but notice if I didn't have tonsillitis and I didn't actually put myself in all these situations to get sick, maybe I could have done that podcast interview. So my word for 2023 was vitality. 
because it helped me look at vitality from all lenses. Vitality in health, vitality in my work, vitality in my friendships, in my romantic relationships with my family, everything. So it was a nice umbrella term for me that didn't feel so specific to one thing because again, we're multidimensional beings. We have all these facets of life. I didn't want to pick a word that like only focused on work or only focused on romance. I wanted it to really encompass a lifestyle. So for me, when I thought of, okay, who do I think of as a vital person that's usually an athlete? I feel like athletes do a really good job of not only taking care of their physical body, but their mental health, their emotional well-being. They're usually incredibly focused on visualizing the outcome of what they want to happen in their sport and how they're going to compete there. So when I chose my word of 2023 and I was like, I need to pick an archetype or video game character to do that. I think it's going to be the athlete. So I picked the athlete and I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so exciting. Like I'm embodying vitality. Can't wait. But as the good old human ego will have it, I haven't truly identified as being athletic since high school. High school was over a decade ago. Okay. I'm 32. I graduated high school when I was 18 years old. And in high school, I played varsity volleyball, club volleyball, and I was on a really good team. We won a lot of tournaments. I was really good. Um, not to toot my own horn, but to toot, I was on the varsity team my freshman year. And so when I was an athlete in high school, being athletic did not feel distant from me because I was literally an athlete. Like I was practicing volleyball five times a week, competing in two games a week. And then in the off season, I would join a club team and my club team was like baller. And we would go to all these amazing competitions and rank really high, if not win. And so again, calling myself athletic or being an athlete was like, yeah, duh, of course you are. Then I went to college and my new sport was drinking. So I didn't play any sports outside of maybe a few intramural leagues for like fun, which were kind of a joke, like no one really took them seriously. Started drinking a lot. I started taking Adderall to study and I basically did this for four years, just like constantly, constantly drinking, getting completely blacked out, using Adderall to like power me through my studies, experimenting with naughty things with naughty people. And I was just like, yeah, that athletic side of me completely got flushed on the toilet. So when I graduated, I remember just feeling like shit. Like I remember looking at my graduation pictures and I was like, you like don't look like the true you. Like this is not who you are. Of course I had fun. I had the best times in college. I have the craziest stories. But like at the core of who I am and my essence, it was not someone who blacks out like three times a week and makes stupid decisions and like doesn't sleep well and eats Jimmy John's for breakfast. So I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do to not feel like this? Let me focus on my health and fitness. So right after I graduated, and I, I swear it was after I saw those pictures where I just felt like bloated and swollen and like tired and puffy eyes, I was like, we need to make a change. So I started doing hot yoga twice a week and kickboxing, which really helped because I was just getting my body moving. And I found out that for me buying class packages that I would lose if I didn't show up or like lose money or forfeit this session really helped motivate me. That got me into gear. Then I started to become a little too obsessed and I started doing Weight Watchers. I was on some diet pill that I'm 100% sure right now got like ripped off the market because it was like illegal because of all the ingredients. <laughs> I was just taking that every single day. 
I was tracking all my food, literally weighing my chicken, weighing my pasta, pouring the pasta sauce into the tablespoon and actually measuring it out, like being truly obsessive of like any little thing that was going in and out of my body. And then also tracking how many calories I was burning and everything in yoga and kickboxing. So while that worked from a weight loss perspective, that for me didn't work from a mental perspective because I was like, this is not sustainable. I am not going to be weighing my pasta sauce for the rest of my life. I'm not going to track everything with a Weight Watchers barcode in the app for the rest of my life. So when I moved to Chicago about three months later, I found this hot yoga studio that was next to my apartment and I started doing that. And it really helped to beat the cold and make a lot of friends. And I became kind of addicted because I could see progress. So all of a sudden I could see myself like holding a better plank or being able to actually do like the balancing exercises without falling. I also went so often that the instructors started to approach me to maybe get a yoga instructor training there because I was going all the time. So then when I was being basically approached to be an instructor, I was like, oh my God, I'm starting to feel kind of like that athlete that I felt like in high school. So this phase basically lasted for around a year. And then I got really into my work because I got a full-time job and I was in grad school full-time. So I'd basically work like nine to five, nine to six, and then go to my classes from like six to nine or seven to nine. So if you think about that, the free time went out the window. And when all my time was being used at work or studying, it made me feel like I needed to use the weekends to let loose. So I started to party a lot again, and being in Chicago, you can party pretty hard, right? There's bars that are open till 3, 4, 5 a.m. You start making money, so you start blowing your money on alcohol and going out and club entry. And I was like, okay, I keep going to the extremes here. It's like I get really into health and fitness or I get really into partying. Like, what is the balance here? I need to find something that I won't be so extreme about this. So then I found ClassPass and that really helped because again, I'm motivated a lot by loss aversion, meaning if I don't do something, I will lose something. That motivates me more than winning something. So for example, on ClassPass, if I don't show up to a class or I cancel too late, I will literally lose $20 or whatever the cancel fee is. I am more motivated by that than if ClassPass said, hey, you're going to win $20 every time you go to class. I don't know why. That's how I'm wired. That's how I work. I have figured that out and I have made that work for my lifestyle. So because of ClassPass, I got really into boot camps and yoga and I would do those during the week. So it started to help me feel a little more balanced because I was like, you're mixing up your workouts during the week. You're going out on the weekend. So you're having fun. And yeah, it just felt like you found that maybe balance that you were looking for. But what was interesting is then I moved home for about a year to save money to move to Australia and I tried the yoga and boot camp thing again, but then I became a little too obsessed where I went to the extreme again, where then I got a personal trainer, a Pilates membership, and a yoga membership, and what it turned to was more of punishment and trying to look hot versus actual vitality. And that's why I bring all these examples up because I wasn't looking at all this through a lens of vitality. I was looking at it through a lens of punishment and like you were bad drinking on the weekend. So you need to be good by going to boot camp and sweating all this out by doing 100 burpees. Or wow, you were bad for eating that cake and you think you're going to look hot in the summer in the bikini. Yeah, right. You better go to kickboxing and hot yoga five days a week this week. And that is not what I would consider to be vitality. I would consider that to be punishment. So fast forward, 
I go through that obsessive phase of literally working out twice a day. I was doing like personal training in the morning and Pilates in the afternoon or yoga in the morning and personal training at night. I did this for probably three months. And what's interesting is that type of lifestyle gets incredibly positive feedback. Even though I was working against my body's limits, I was pushing myself to the extreme. I definitely was not paying attention to like any injuries or mobility issues in my body. I was just like, I have to work out twice a day for this amount of time, close all my rings on my Apple watch, or else I'm a piece of shit. Like that's literally what my mindset was. But the praise I was getting was like, you're so athletic. Oh my God, you're so committed. You're so disciplined. Like you have so much dedication to your health. And of course, when you're trying to be someone who identifies as athletic, that feedback feels really good. However, I moved to Australia, finally get there. And I immediately noticed a difference in the people there. I'm like, wait, everyone seems really laid back, really relaxed, really like easeful and joyful. What can I do to basically like embody this Australian essence? And I would just kind of people watch every day and I would just notice people would just like grab a coffee and go walk along this long walk. I forget what it's called. It's like the Coogee to Bondi walk, actually. And you just do this whole long walk along the beach and the cliffs, just chit chatting with a friend. There were like a million yoga and Pilates studios in where I lived and I barely saw any like boot camp studios. And I just started noticing that. I was like, that's interesting. I noticed so many people in the morning would invite me to the beach to go swimming before work. And I'm like, excuse me, what? You want to go swimming and then go to work? Like that was like incomprehensible to me. I was like, we're going to have salty hair and like what? Like it just was such a weird concept to me. So I was like, that's interesting that people swim in the ocean before work. So I just started to do these things and I was like, okay, let me like try yoga a few times a week. Let me try walking along the beach. Let me try these, what they call morning dips and Pilates and slowing down. And I truly started to feel aligned in my body and clear headed and joyful and motivated. And I was like, whoa, I feel a difference internally. I see a difference externally and I don't feel like I'm pushing or pulling. It actually feels nourishing versus punishment. So I started to clock that scenario as something that I wanted to recreate. Now I had a framework and a model for what worked for me internally and externally. I knew I could replicate it. You know, I've been talking about experiments a lot. That was an experiment that worked for me. That's like, let me try it again. So fast forward, 2022, I'm in Cape Town. And Cape Town really reminded me of Australia with just how people live their lives. They really valued leisure and health and vitality. Everyone there hikes, swims, runs, like everyone is just really focused on their health. So because I was around so many active people that put their health first, I knew that when I got there and what a big reason for me going there even was, was to be able to prioritize that myself, especially after coming off that four month trip where I was like, woo, go, 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 traveling every two, three weeks, eating all these different foods, not slowing down, not having routine. I was like, it will actually be nice to put myself in an environment that people are very focused on their health and vitality. Now, it wasn't as easy as like, woo, landed in Cape Town, ready to be an athlete. You have to remember, I just came from this four month trip where I was running around, where I also walked a lot, but I didn't have that much structured exercise or routines. So again, amazing that I was walking, but loads of travel and not having like a set time that I was doing these walks or anything just felt very chaotic and not something that I could follow. It was basically like, do I have free time to squeeze something in or can I walk from home to the cafe? Great. But it wasn't like I was prioritizing my health. 
So when I got to Cape Town, I was like, I would love to hire a personal trainer to help me develop some type of routine and accountability that I have to commit to. Because remember, I told you I'm motivated by losing money. And I know personal trainers, you can't just be like rescheduling last minute. A lot of them have policies where if you don't show up, you just completely lose the session that you paid for. So I was like, okay, I know how I operate. I need to hire a personal trainer. But doing that felt like a massive jump. And it was such a gap that it caused imposter syndrome. So that fear and self-doubt started to kick in again. Like, okay, I know you want to hire a personal trainer, but you're out of shape. Like, you're not going to be able to do sprints or lift weights. You haven't even done training in years. You're about to be 32. Like, why would all of a sudden you now want to be into personal training? And I really had to stop and remember a few things. That I actually was not starting from scratch. I had a personal trainer on this app for most of the year that I was doing like 20 or 30 minute workouts, but because they weren't these like intense, high intensity, burning 600 calories on the Apple watch type of workouts, it's like my brain didn't comprehend that as doing any type of athletic training, but I was like, wait, no, you did. Like you literally had a personal trainer giving you resistance band training and things to do on the app every single week. So I was like, wait, yeah, you're right. I also did yoga all the time and I did Melissa Wood Health a lot. And remember, I walked everywhere in Europe. I did actually do a few hikes. I did go cliff jumping. I did lead a much more active lifestyle than I did in college 10 years ago. So finding that evidence really helped me quiet that voice in my head. And then I was like, okay, let's hire a personal trainer and let's try to go at a time where there's not a lot of people in the gym because I don't feel comfortable yet starting to lift weights and do running exercises or anything when I haven't really done that in a long time. So fortunately, I found a trainer that actually worked in a private gym where it was almost like a boutique style gym where there were only two or three people in there at a time. It wasn't like those big box gyms where there's 100 people and you're like waiting for the weight machines. It was just like, meet me at this private gym and we do our workouts and you're done. So that helped me feel comfortable. Then... I had an idea to film my workouts on the time-lapse setting just so I could feel like I was making progress. Because if I could actually see myself doing the athletic things that I could see in my brain, it would help me crystallize that athlete identity. And then I talked to my therapist, shout out to my therapist on BetterHelp, and I was saying how, you know, there's part of me that doesn't feel like I'm allowed to wear certain things or that I'm like, too tall to wear heels or my stomach isn't flat enough to wear a crop top or I can't wear spandex to the gym because I have cellulite so on and so forth all the disgusting things we say about ourselves based on traditional beauty standards and society and how we operate in the media it's just like all these things that I was thinking about myself and she had the idea to try like exposure therapy What that is, is a technique that helps people overcome fears and anxieties by breaking the pattern of fear and avoidance And it basically works by exposing you to a stimulus that causes fear in a safe environment. For example, a person with social anxiety may avoid going to crowded areas or parties. But if they tried that in the context of like, let's try this at your home and just have like a dinner party, maybe that would feel a little more aligned for them. So for me, trying to embody this athlete identity, the exposure therapy was like starting to post this on Instagram and Instagram stories. And then I was like, okay, instead of trying to cover up and think that you can't wear all these things, let's just go the whole opposite way and start wearing crop tops and spandex to my workouts. And I just had to think if I was in my best shape and I really identified as a full on athlete, that is what I would wear. So I basically just collapsed the timeline and started wearing it. 
And I started filming things as if I was a YouTube influencer. And after a week, especially from your feedback, it kept me motivated. It was like kind of funny too to pretend I was an athlete and make up all these like silly, funny captions like watch out Nike athletes or like the gym athletes are shaking in their boots because it was just a way to break the ice for me. And now after months of doing it, I actually do feel stronger and I feel more motivated to keep going. So now I really want to push myself to see how many limits I can break. I want to try sprinting. I want to try to do more hikes. I want to see if I can do 10 push-ups without my knees on the ground. I don't want to subscribe to the narrative that as you get older, you just lose all your athletic talents and abilities. I really want to be able to prove to myself and hopefully inspire others that just because you enter your 30s doesn't mean you die. And I really found expanders to help me too. Melissa Wood from Melissa Wood Health, she's 40 years old and just landed herself on the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Okay, like that's insane. The creators on her platform are also women in their 30s and 40s. I also started following moms who are super fit to expand my mind that like just because you have a kid doesn't mean your body and mindset and everything just goes out the drain. Like you still have athletic capabilities. So essentially anyone who prioritized health, I started following them to expand my mind what was possible and consume their content to just really keep me inspired. So now my next evolution of this is taking care of my inner world too. So I just hired a holistic health coach where we're going to be focusing on balancing my blood sugar. She's going to help me with more nutrition. I'm getting a digestive test done with a GI map. And I want to keep pushing myself physically. Like I said, jogging, hiking, tennis, doing more things like massages, acupuncture, meditation, sleep hygiene. I'm going to put myself in those positions just like an athlete would. I highly encourage you to find evidence of what you've done in the past that can support the new identity that you want to take on and maybe giving exposure therapy a try. It's not going to work for everyone. I highly suggest doing it in baby steps. But once you do it and you realize that the scariest thing that you thought would happen doesn't happen, it just helps you prove that you really are capable of anything. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you today. I hope this was helpful. If you found value out of this episode, I would super appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to win a 30-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, send it to info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife, and then I will enter you into a giveaway to win a one-on-one coaching session with me. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited about this episode. I can't wait to see if this works for you, and I will talk to you soon. 